as we read our scripture, which comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verses 54 through 56. Jesus also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud forming in the west, you immediately say it's going to rain, and indeed it does. And when a south wind blows, you say a heat wave is coming, and it does. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret conditions on the earth and in the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret the present time. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated, please. Before I begin this morning, I wanted to share with you all that on a Friday night, I had the opportunity to officiate the wedding of Lauren Hutchinson and James Tapley. Um, I know for many of you, is the photo on there, Kay? So, Lauren and James, do you guys remember Lauren and James? And so, um, you know, they both shared with me that uh, it was five or six, five years ago that Lauren began singing our choir as a scholarship student, and then, um, I don't know about y'all, but all of a sudden this bearded young man started coming with her and singing with her, and then uh, the next thing you know, I mean, they're officially dating, and, um, and they're now uh, married as of Friday, and so we celebrate with them, and I know that, um, or I want you all to hear how both of them, in, their, in a note to me, just shared how, how much they appreciated this church and the way that the choir was their community um, in helping them to stay connected to their faith as they went to college, you know, which is often a time when many people don't stay connected with their faith. And kind of a neat thing, too, from our church, they've gone, and, and I believe they both sing in the, the 8, 8.30 worship service choir at First UMC there in Lubbock. And then I want to say they help lead worship at another smaller United Methodist Church that has a worship service that starts at 11 um, in the suburbs of Lubbock. Of Lubbock. And, and so I just wanted to thank you all because, I mean, I think it's our church that's helped them to kind of uh, get established and also know what they're doing. And, and also they just, um, I think, you know, receive the community in this church that that needed, they needed, so that they could grow in their faith and then go on and continue to serve God. And so uh, just celebrate your part in that and know that uh, it's just a, a great ministry in a way that you and I are able to share together, even unintentionally sometimes, where people can look back and see how they were connected with God, even in a time like college. So this morning we're going to be starting a new sermon series where um, we're going to be uh, looking at, and I'm calling it Refuel, but I got to thinking about this series as I was reading a book on resiliency. An example uh, was used in this book about camels. And so as I read this book, I kept thinking about the camel imagery and metaphor, and I also um, you know, got to thinking about Scripture and, and how you and I might live our life of faith and about how we might be intentional of refueling ourselves even as we have faced and have gone through unprecedented things in our lives, and then just normal living. And so my rough summary of the example that the author uses of camels is he says, camels are known as the ships of the desert. They've been used for thousands of years to transport both people and carry cargo all across the deserts of the world. They can carry heavy loads without faltering for great distances. And they're able to do this oftentimes without food and water until they use up all their reserves. And then with a camel, unlike other animals, they don't start showing that they are getting tired. When they're done, they're done, and they just fall to the ground without warning, and that's it. And so camels keep this weakness hidden until they can no longer hide it. 
And so as I was reading this metaphor and thinking about what it means for us to refuel, I think we can ask ourselves the same question, how do we do this same thing as humans? How do you, how do I hide our own weaknesses as we go through life? How do we ignore something that's happening, whether it's medical and it's a twinge or a sign of something that's going on? In short, what are the links that you and I go to to try to keep everything appearing? And I'll say it in quotes because no one knows what normal is. Normal, right? And we do all these things even as in our hearts, we know that there is nothing about life that's normal. See, there's a yearning within each of us that if you read the Bible and if we look at the Bible and if we think about the story of God and of Jesus Christ, there's a yearning for us to be back in Eden. Now, I'm not saying that I'm yearning for all of us to be back in Eden, standing around naked in the garden. But I think at our deepest level, if you think about it, there's a yearning within each of us to return to that place where we are able to stand and to look God face, in the fa- face to face. Where we're freed from sin, where we're freed from the burden of sin, where we're free from hate and anger and, and everything else that you and I can experience. And so whether we can put words to it or not, we yearn to be in the place where we can be fully in the presence of God Himself. And so if we can't do that, what we do is we try to find other things to fill our need. We try to find those things that that or those places that that help us to get as close to Eden or as close to as to the life that we feel whenever we get there. And so I think we can look and in the last two years have given us a perfect glimpse of this. Since March 2020, where everything around us has changed and continues to do it. If you think back, life around the world, life in our own community, life in our own church was racing before the world shut down in March. So much was happening or was about to happen. An Olympics, an election season was kicking off. There was a fear cycle from the media. There was things in the church, general conference, and other things that were supposed to happen. And even before COVID, we were trying to look at all sorts of different things to find life. And then it all stopped. And then we immediately started to try to find things that gave us life, or it gave us at least some semblancy of normalcy. Now, I realize everyone dealt with this differently. For some, it meant not doing much and spending time at home. For others, you had to adapt and to change to try and do your work done because work didn't really stop. It didn't really shut down. It didn't really slow down. And for others, nothing slowed at all. It just meant attempting to work from home or in our house, attempting to work from home with children, also attempting to work from home. And for Mindy, it meant all of us were working at home, and she works at home anyway, so we were in her way. Um, Because we were all seeking to find normal, weren't we? We were seeking to find life, whether whether you were one of the 68 million people that did home improvements during COVID. I mean, there's a reason they didn't shut down Home Depot and Lowe's, right? No, I'm serious. Because I think in 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 our basic need... To be normal, there was this knowledge and this understanding that if people couldn't even escape or allow that to be a relief valve, that they knew people would really not 
do well. And that's not to say or assume that everyone did well anyway. But we all sought to find that. We sought to take extra walks. We, maybe some did some exercise. Maybe some started something new. Maybe some of us just did whatever we could do to make it through the day. But here's the thing that I want us to think about in terms of this sermon. Is we all tapped into our reserves. To make it through the day. And to make it through situations that as individuals we were facing, as families we were facing, as extended families we might have been facing, as a church we were facing, and certainly as things that we saw in the community we were facing. And so in all of these things, we had to draw on our reserves in different ways. And so as things have relaxed and opened up, I think what we've done is many have tried to jump back into it, just like how it's always been. And I realize it's different for everyone. I know some have already visited family. Some are planning to visit family that they haven't seen in a couple of years. Others went back to traveling as quick as they could. I know all of us are working and doing this according to a way that's comfortable for us. And so in no way am I being critical of anyone in this saying this. But I think we're all trying to, to figure out what our normal is. As we're making up appointments, or as we're making up trips, as, as we're uh, just trying to do and work as hard as we can to get back to wherever we were. And here's where I think today ties into it, is it in our attempt to make everything normal? I don't know about you, but I think there's a lot of people that are finding that they're really tired. And it's because we're not working to intentionally replenish our reserves and we're finding, or we run the risk of being like a camel and going, 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 keeping everything hidden until all of a sudden we hit whatever line it is because it's different for each of us and we're finished. See, that can happen to any of you. It can happen to any of us. Whatever stage of life we're in, no matter our social class or, or our, our wealth or even the amount of support that we each have, See, the thing is, is when your reserves are empty, they're empty, aren't they? And it doesn't matter who you are and what you have or anything else. And as I was working on this message, um, <clears throat> the gymnast Simone Biles came to mind. Now, here's my precursor. I've never spoken to her. I've never seen her in person. Can you skip it, Katie? They're out of order. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> That's what happens when I make changes. Um. Okay, so this last Olympics, Simone Biles, all right, I don't think anyone in here can not say that the young, this woman is extremely accomplished in her gymnastics, right? But as I was writing this sermon and then I was thinking about how we try to proceed as normal without re refueling and replenishing our reserves, she kept coming to my mind. Because I think in the eyes of this world, everyone can look at her and say, she is so talented. She is using the gifts that God has given her. She has everything. But I also think we could assume that she has everything. Because she has access to the top coaches, the top team, the top level of support, the top of the world, prime physical condition, ready for everything. But at this last Olympics, as we saw, something happened and she was done, right? Physically, she was ready, but mentally, she was not. And I don't know, but it looks to me like she had everything, but her reserves were emptied 
and she didn't know that she'd been drawing on reserves until it came time for her to really draw upon them and she realized she was done. And I say that, that example like with, I mean, compassion, I get it, and I don't know what's in, but as I was looking about it and thinking about it, I thought to me, that's what it looked like. Is that she hadn't been intentionally refilling her tank. She had been so focused on using the gifts that she had been given that when it came time for, for her to tap into those reserves, she realized that, that they weren't there. And see, that's the risk. And I think this is a great example because it's a risk for all of us because we can each appear to have it all together. <clears throat> we might think we have it together. But if we're not intentional in replenishing and refueling and finding God within us, even as life returns to normal, we may find ourselves swamped and overwhelmed, and then we may find ourselves empty. And so in our rush to return to normal, we run the risk of glossing over the invitation by Jesus to reevaluate where we are and to refill our reserves. Because we have to be intentional in turning to Him. We have to be intentional in receiving the promise that He has made to each of you who follow Him. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, He said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest from your souls. See, Jesus invites us to turn to Him even in the sprint that we are making and trying to make in order to, to return to normal. He knows that even as you and I are working to catch our breath, that we are bombarded with more and more. Whether it's information, whether it's things to do. If you look at information, I mean, you know, I mean, we're the most connected generation, whatever age you are today, that has ever existed in world, in world history. You have more access in the phone that you carry in your pocket to information and to knowledge than anyone that has ever come before you. And really, I don't know for, for the kids, for our children and, and people that are going to live, our descendants, I mean, I don't know how much more information they can handle. I mean, really think about it. We may be at the cusp of what it means to have information almost instantly, which is good and bad because sometimes it gets us into trouble. But we have it. And we have this, and we're trying to find ourselves. We're trying to rest in, in the presence of Jesus while we're receiving more and more constantly. And so, see, if we're not careful, we can overlook and we can just ignore our need to replenish ourselves. We can get so focused on whatever information is around us, how it's constantly changing, and we can miss that God who is with us. We can miss Jesus who is with us. We miss the story. We miss the story of God and of Jesus in our midst. And the story of God and the story of Jesus is the one that changes our hearts and is the one that ultimately will refill us. See, if we're not intentional in refilling our reserves, and of rooting ourselves in the river of life, if God writes about in, in the book of Revelation where it says the river runs through the garden and, and we are able all to, to come with it and drink from it, we're going to find ourselves exhausted. We're going to find ourselves with our reserves spent. We're going to find ourselves unconnected with God and unconnected with the story that transcends 
every other story that's ever been. See, that story is Jesus. That story is Jesus and its story of God and of the world. It's the story of hope and of grace and of life. That's the story that, that you and I, it's so easy for us to forget that has outlived every other story in history since Jesus walked on this earth. The story of Jesus has been persecuted, it has been set aside, it has been declared false, and yet we know in our hearts it is true. The story of Jesus has outlived some of the greatest empires the world has ever known, some of the greatest conflicts, some of the greatest sicknesses. And it's because the story of Jesus is eternal. And it has outlived every event that we can name or that you can read about in your history books because compared to Jesus, every other thing is a blip, just a pause on the larger timeline of life and of humanity before God. Friends, this is the true story. It's the story of life. It's the one that God has given all dominion and authority over. It's the one that when Paul was imprisoned in Rome and he was writing to the church in Ephesus, he wrote that Jesus was in control and that he would always be in control even as all of the things that happened to him happened. Paul wrote, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him in his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. See, Paul made this claim even when Christianity was an inconsequential group in the corner of the Roman Empire, because he knew that through the power of God and the work of the Holy Spirit, the story of Jesus would continue and it would connect and it would resonate in the lives of people for the last 2,000 years as it resonates in our lives today. So friends, for us to refuel, we have to be participants in this story. We have to place ourselves in the running water that gives us life. We have to focus on the information that, that leads us to Him. And we can begin by starting small. By setting aside five minutes a day to set aside your phone, your tablet, your computer, your TV, your radio, whatever it is, and just be in the presence of God. Because it's only by being present in His Word and being present in Him that you or I are able to be replenished. It's because the payout that He has promised us will be greater than anything we can imagine. In addition to setting aside the five minutes, so I was thinking about this. So one of the things that I had to do, and, and I'm not per, doing it perfectly or perfect, um, but um, I know I've shared with you all that, that I love to listen to podcasts, except I listened to political podcasts, and last November I stopped, and it's been so much better for my soul. Um, <laughs> and, and I think Part of it, too, is, is I was looking as I've read this book and thought through this sermon series and where we're going to go and, and how I think that, that God's working in this. Um, you know, I just realized for me, I'm like, if, if I'm focused on negative <clears throat> and if I'm surrounding myself with voices that are always poking, po um, pointing out flaws and lifting up things that, that maybe are challenges, then it wasn't good because that spills over into other areas of my life. Now, I'm far from perfect. I'm certainly not changed. <laughs> but
But I know for me, as I think about it, and as I work, and as I sit in my office, I'm in a better place. And so that's a small thing. So is us just setting aside five minutes a day. You know, there's, there's apps on your phone. There's a pause app that you can use that, you know, it'll allow you to do five or three or ten minutes a day where you just set it, you hit start, and you just, just be. And I know we're people who want to do something. We're people that want to accomplish things. I know that, that there are so many of us that if, if we don't have a finished product at the end of whatever we've done, we might think it has been a failure. But see, friends, that's how it is with God. Because Jesus invites us to sit into His presence. He invites us to come to Him when we're weary and to receive nothing but rest and to receive the assurance of our salvation and to receive the life that He gives us. Not by the work that we do, but by simply being in His presence and letting Him work in us. Amen.